Unferth spoke, Ekglaf's son, who sat at Hrothgar's feet, spoke harshly and sharp, vexed by Beowulf's adventure, by their visitor's courage, and angry that anyone in Denmark or anywhere on earth had ever acquired glory and fame greater than his own. You're Beowulf, are you? The same boastful fool who fought a swimming match with Breca, both of you daring and young and proud, exploring the deepest seas, risking your lives for no reason but the danger? All older and wiser heads warned you not to, but no one could check such pride. With Breca at your side, you swam along the sea paths, your swift moving hands pulling you over the ocean's face. Then winter churned through the water, the waves ran you as they willed, and you struggled seven long nights to survive. And at the end, victory was his, not yours. The sea carried him close to his home, to southern Norway, near the land of the Brondings, where he ruled and was loved. Where his treasure was piled and his strength protected, his towns and his people, he'd promised to outswim you, Bonstan's son made that boast ring true. You've been lucky in your battles, Beowulf, but I think your luck may change if you challenge Grendel, staying a whole night through in this hall, waiting where that fiercest of demons can find you. Beowulf answered, Egito's great son, Ah, Unferth, my friend, your face is hot with ale, and your tongue has tried to tell us about Breca's doings, but the truth is simple. No man swims in the sea as I can, no strength is a match for mine, as boys, Breca and I had boasted we were both too young to know better, that we'd risk our lives far out at sea. And so we did. Each of us carried a naked sword, prepared for whales or the swift, sharp teeth and beaks of needlefish. He could never leave me behind, swim faster across the waves than I could, and I had chosen to remain close to his side. I remained near him for five long nights, until a flood swept us apart. The frozen sea surged around me. It grew dark. The wind turned bitter, blowing from the north, and the waves were savage. Creatures who sleep deep in the sea were stirred into life. And the iron-hammered links of my mail shirt, these shining bits of metal woven across my breast, saved me from death. A monster seized me, drew me swiftly toward the bottom, swimming with its claws tight in my flesh. But fate let me find its heart with my sword, Hack myself free. I fought that beast's last battle, left it floating lifeless in the sea. Beowulf Canto 7 Other monsters crowded around me, continually attacking. I treated them politely, offering the edge of my razor-sharp sword, but the feast, I think, did not please them, filled their evil bellies with no banquet-rich food, thrashing there at the bottom of the sea. By morning, they decided to sleep on the shore, lying on their backs, their blood spilled out on the sand. Afterwards, sailors could cross that sea road and feel no fear. Nothing would stop their passing. Then God's bright beacon appeared in the east, the water lay still, and at last I could see the land, wind-swept cliff walls at the edge of the coast. Fate saves the living when they drive away death by themselves. Lucky or not, nine was the number of sea-huge monsters I killed. What man anywhere under heaven's high arch has fought in such darkness, endured more misery, or been harder pressed? 
yet I survived the sea, smashed the monster's hot jaws, swam home from my journey. The swift flowing water swept me along and I landed on Finnish soil. I've heard no tales of you, Unferth, telling of such clashing terror, such contests in the night. Brekka's battles were never so bold. Neither he nor you can match me, and I mean no boast, have announced no more than I know to be true. And there's more. You murdered your brothers, your own close kin. Words and bright wit won't help your soul. You'll suffer hell's fires, Unferth, forever tormented. Ekglaf's proud son, if your hands were as hard, your heart as fierce as you think it, no fool would dare to raid your hall, ruin Herod, and oppress its prince as Grendel has done. But he's learned that terror is his alone discovered he can come for your people with no fear of reprisal. He's found no fighting here, but only food, only delight. He murders as he likes, with no mercy, gorges and feasts on your flesh and expects no trouble, no quarrel from the quiet Danes. Now the gates will show him courage. Soon he can test his strength in battle. And when the sun comes up again, opening another bright day from the south, anyone in Denmark may enter this, this hall. That evil will be gone. Rothgar, gray-haired and brave, sat happily, listening, the famous ring-giver sure at last that Grendel could be killed. He believed in Beowulf's bold strength and the firmness of his spirit. There was the sound of laughter and the cheerful clanking of cups and pleasant words. Then Weltho, Rothgar's gold-ringed queen greeted the warriors, a noble woman who knew what was right. She raised a flowing cup to Rothgar first, holding it high for the lord of the Danes to drink, wishing him joy in that feast. The famous king drank with pleasure and blessed their banquet. Then Weltho went from warrior to warrior, pouring a portion from the jeweled cup for each, till the bracelet-wearing queen had carried the mead cup among them, and it was Beowulf's turn to be served. She saluted the gate's great prince, thanked God for answering her prayers, for allowing her hands the happy duty of offering mead to a hero who would help her afflicted people. He drank what she poured, Egitho's brave son, then assured the Danish queen that his heart was firm and his hands ready. When we crossed the sea, my comrades and I, I already knew that all my purpose was this, to win the goodwill of your people or die in battle, pressed in Grendel's fierce grip. Let me live in greatness and courage, or here in this hall welcome my death. Weltho was pleased with his words, his bright tongued boasts. She carried them back to her lord, walked nobly across to his side. The feast went on, laughter and music and the brave words of warriors celebrating their delight. Then Rothgar rose, Helfdane's son, heavy with sleep. As soon as the sun had gone, he knew that Grendel would come to Herod, would visit that hall when night had covered the earth with its net and the shapes of darkness moved black and silent through the world. Rothgar's warriors rose with him. He went to Beowulf, embraced the gate's brave prince, wished him well, and hoped that Herod would be his to command. And then he declared, No one strange to this land has ever been granted what I've given you. No one in all the years of my rule. Make this best of all mead halls yours, and then keep it free of evil. Fight with glory in your heart. Purge Herod, and your ship will sail home with its treasure holds full. The feast ends, 
Beowulf and his men take the place of Hrothgar's followers and lie down to sleep in Herod. Beowulf, however, is wakeful, eager to meet his enemy. Thank you.